Oh, look at this. This is a good one. Some suggest that Parker's powers include the male spider's ability to hypnotize females. Stop. Come on. <laughs> yes, my spider lord. <laughs> Can we just, like, stay up here all day? It is so crazy down there. That's right, folks. Spider-Man is, in fact, Peter Parker. Listen, I did not kill Mysterio. The drones did. The drones that are yours. Does any part of you feel relieved about all this? What do you mean? Now that everybody knows, you don't really have to hide or lie to people. For the record, I never wanted to lie to you. Hello! Merry Christmas! Oh, it's not Christmas. Happy yeah. Hanukkah! Happy Kwanzaa! And welcome to the Wages of Cinema! Thank you! Yes, welcome back. I've listed all the holidays. If I've forgotten one that you celebrate... Uh... Oh, happy Boxing Day! Happy Diwali! Yes. <laughs> yeah, Diwali. That's a good one. Uh, welcome back, everybody. If this... you'd like to hear us say the names of more holidays, please send an email to <laughs> wagesofcinema at podcast.pod. Yes, uh, or Gmail. Um, but welcome back, everybody. I am um, so thrilled that we're going to be talking about this tonight. Uh, but first, uh, I'm Jack. I am Trash Panda Corey. I'm Andrew, the best podcaster. Yes, the best podcaster. It would In be... quotation marks. <laughs> you can't see the air quotes, but they're there. Yeah, we were talking off mic about air quotes on posters. and They're, uh... they're garbage people. Yes. And Matt's of course... here too. Yes. Yeah. Guest star Matt. He swings into here. Uh, all right. We're, we're not talking about Spider-Man. New Spider-Man. Yes. No way home. He's no direction home. <laughs> are they gonna keep doing home titles like I after this not. they gotta come up with something different now right well i mean they could just not make another spider-man movie but well we have to well we might get to that eventually long into spoilers yeah. i guess but i think we could first just generally say what we thought about the whole thing uh i i'm a big fan i like this movie quite a bit it was pretty good yeah i mean uh We'll talk more about why, but I just want to leave that right out, right out in the air right now. It, it was a pretty good movie. The Spider-Man Marvel films have been just getting progressively better. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the Marvel form as it's been. Like, they learn their lessons and apply them and then somehow manage to, to add more spectacle in there. Uh, so I think this is pretty good. Yep. I really like this movie. I thought it was awesome. I recommend it highly. I'm going to be the weirdo that said it was just fine. Okay. Uh, are you going to be the weirdo who also said, so of the three movies, two is your favorite? Yes. All right. Really? Yeah. Huh. All right. That should be interesting. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. We're going to dive a lot. We're going to dive into all kind of things Spider-Man here. Uh, in particular, to. Uh, for obvious reasons, this may connect a little bit back to the episode that Corey and I just had about uh, the, the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Because it's the worst kept secret about this movie. In fact, they've been using it as like a marketing inducement to show up. It's so badly kept. I, no, well, it's not even a worst kept secret. Yeah, it is part of the marketing. Uh, I mean, was there any way they could have sold this movie without giving away what the meat of it is it's about a spider-man movie done by marvel that's does pretty well yeah yeah pretty much i mean 
don't know if there's a way that we can sum up the movie completely without diving into a lot of spoilers. I mean... Unlike another movie that had an obvious plot twist, a.k.a. Justice League, uh, <laughs> this one delivers on it and delivers really, really well. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen the trailer, you you, you kind of know that, you know, and by just extension of where the second movie left off, the public knows who uh, Spider-Man is, like J. Jonah Jameson and Mysterio unmask him as Peter Parker, which leads to a whole lot of problems, uh, namely that, you know, Peter Parker is investigated by the feds, he can't live in his home anymore, he has to live in Happy Hogan's pad, and, you know, the whole public kind of just looks at him as Spider-Man, as Peter Parker, and they follow, you follow him around, and he, he gets sick of this. He, he knows he can't keep, he, things can't keep going this way, so he realizes, hey, I could go pay, visit to Doctor Strange, uh, he knows all kinds of ways of, you know, turning back time or doing this or that with his magic, he says he can't quite do that, but he can make everyone forget who he is. Um, but as he's making his spell, uh, Peter keeps on screwing that up, and then uh, it opens up a portal to the multiverse, and we get our flagship villains from five other movies, if I remember correctly. Yes. <laughs> so, a sinister five, you might say. Fearsome five. Fearsome five? I'm going with a Darkwing Duck you... one. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I, I was uh, that, gonna... was a, that was a pretty good summary. I, I mean, I was trying to just sum up, like, everything that's in the trailer. So if you, you know, if that's out there, then you you kind of know a little bit what to expect. Um, and, if, and there have been internet rumors about other things, but, you know, you'll have to see that or wait for our spoilers to learn about more of that. I would like to point out, this is a spoiler for the second movie, but who cares? Uh, I would like to point out that a lot of the possible ramifications of the second film got swept away very neatly by the uh, b before the end of the first act. Mysterio tries to frame Spider-Man for all the chaos he caused in Europe, and by and basically halfway through the first act, none of that is a threat anymore. That annoyed me. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me because eventually, if, you know, as Jack said, basically the government investigates what happened, they figure out pretty, it would be pretty simple to figure out that all of that stuff was faked. Well, there must have been like, now again, I, I haven't seen Far From Home in well, a couple of years. Actually, we have somebody right here who literally just watched the movie today, so I'm sure Corey will be able to fill us in a little more, but like... Wouldn't there be other footage of Mysterio doing, like, his heinous shit? And, Probably, yes. And yet to blame it all on Peter Parker, and it's like, this one teenager did all of this. He did all of this meticulous planning, even while he was on, like, a summer vacation. Right, that's why he's not going to jail in the first act. You know, the government figures out pretty quickly that this is uh, not his fault, but nobody else in the world, like, everybody else, no one else really believes that. Like, it's the whole thing of, like, oh, we think that you killed Mysterio. We don't yeah. know all the information the government does. It's, so a lot of people still right. think that he's a murderer and a terrorist. Yeah. So, Corey, I don't know. What, since you just watched Far From Home, what, what do you think about this? Yeah, I rewatched both the MCU Spider-Man movies today. I had no problem with the first act. I thought the first act 
was good. I have no, I didn't have any problem with the idea of the consequences of Peter Parker's secret identity get kind of waved away too early. I didn't have a problem with that when you take the movie as a whole. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the consequences of, like, people knowing his identity are wrong. Like, that's still a major problem. All the bigger problems of, like, hey, we can arrest you, go away. Yeah, well, I mean, that well, didn't I, bother me because no, I didn't think Mysterio really worth, yeah. had much of a leg to stand on in uh, terms the, of getting Peter Parker arrested. I, the, the real problem is that it's like now everybody knows he's Spider-Man. Everybody in the world knows that he's Spider-Man. And now it's like there are very specific results to that, but there is also the general thing of half the world hates you. Yeah, there the half the world hates you. I mean, another way this movie could have gone had they not done, like... I almost... I, I, I'll call this movie almost like the big TV special of Marvel movies, like reunion special. Mm. You know, when you have, you know, there've been a lot of these actually kind of lately. I mean, sex in the city has one right now. Uh, you know, other times you get just the cast to be in a room to talk about stuff. Other, you know, but usually you think of like, we're bringing back this cast to do like a new, you know, story. And I think on that level, I like this movie a whole lot. Um, but the first act, I had more of a problem, just kind of the pacing of it felt a little fast. Okay. I don't know. It just felt like it was kind of jumping really quickly across a lot of time. And that part, you know, I get why they maybe did that because you kind of want to move things forward. You want to get to, you know, that, that big plot point of, uh, MJ and Ned and, and Peter trying to get into MIT. Um, which that also is an interesting point, uh, given where that goes in the movie. Um, it just pacing wise, it felt like, oh, this is going a little fast. This is going like, duh, 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 duh. I mean, maybe that's to reflect Peter's own like anxiety and intensity. Uh, I just thought that part could have been handled a little better, and it's hard for me to communicate why, even though there's still stuff in there I like. Like an appearance by a character that we probably can't get to till spoilers, um, but yeah, yeah. So, but I get what you mean. Yeah, it is. There were a lot of things that Mysterio was doing in that last movie, and yeah, they're now all kind of just like all that. The other thing I was going to say, the other way this could have gone was that you know by Peter Parker Spider-Man being unmasked, that also invites a lot of other villains to come after him like in his universe well yeah but none of those have been introduced yet except for like one who's in jail so who's gonna do it mm. they can bust out scorpion and give a scorpion like they foreshadowed in the first movie no. <laughs> did they foreshadow they did that? yes in what part mac gargan oh is he a scorpion yes yeah they're waiting three movies to see scorpion and they don't give a scorpion <laughs> Matt, the only person who has been waiting for the Spider-Man Scorpion movie. I watched the first Spider-Man movie again today, and I had no idea what you were talking about in terms of the... Well, well wait, you're talking... Yeah, the post-credit scene in the first movie, where um, Vulture meets up with the guy in prison. Oh! And, says, and he's like, I'm gonna kill Hey, I just figured out this movie cleaned up that, that plot thread, too. <laughs> uh, yeah well we, yay well we, we that's jumping i don't know if that's jumping a bit ahead yes it's um, a little too much see uh, us non-comic book types don't know what we're missing like i don't know well, anything about scorpions so. i mean well i yeah I, I think well i'm putting that aside for a moment like 
what I think I generally really like about this movie is just that they managed to to bring in a lot of people from you know all of, you know the shared universe you know and all by shared universe I mean the properties that Sony has and you know these past Spider-Man movies the Spider Universe the Spider Verse yeah not can be confused with the animated Spider Verse which is a whole other blah. Um, of course, they make an in joke about that. That is that kind of made me go a little womp womp. But uh, the the um, but the way that they bring everyone in, I was a little worried that like the, the these actors, you know, you have Alfred Molina back, you have Willem Dafoe, even Jamie pe- Fox, yeah, even people who I didn't really care for in past movies. Like, I, I talked about this on the last podcast. I recently watched Amazing Spider-Man 2 for the first time, and I thought Jamie Foxx's Electro was trash. <laughs> that whole movie is trash. Just because and those yeah, characters and, and those movies are trash doesn't mean you can't take those actors and bring them into but, another film but, and say, and get a better performance. No, absolutely. And that's the thing I, I give credit for this movie. They managed to bring him and... Uh, uh, Reese Ephens is lizard. Uh, that's that's a whole other thing. I, I that that I'll I'll get into that later. But yeah, they bring in a lot like someone like him, and you know he feels like more of a presence than he ever was in that last movie. And it, they manage to work well together. They give you know, and, and this whole idea that comes about is Peter Parker. You know, he thinks, hey. Why don't I give these guys another chance? You know, yeah. you know, it may be the, this is a new op, you know, before I send them all back and, you know, four out of five of you are going to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it would be nice if maybe you had some sense of, Hey, maybe something could go differently than, you know, being hoisted on your petard or sacrificing yourself to death or, you know, whatever the hell happened to lizard. I don't even remember that one. Did he survive? Yeah, they cure him and then he gets arrested. In the Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. Oh, I God, I don't even remember that. Yeah, that's I, a very I, memorable movie. <laughs> no, I saw it so Notice long ago. that they didn't discuss that at all <laughs> in the film we just watched. Nor did they really discuss about, like, Sandman actually... Yeah, he's the one that lives at the end of Spider-Man 3. Oh, they don't discuss him either. No, well... Because he's technically, in the original Spider-Man movies, he's the... He is the last of all of those characters all all the other characters it's like okay you have you have green goblin you have doc ock and you have sandman green goblin dies in the first movie doc ock knows that he died in the second movie doc ock dies in the second movie sandman knows that he's dead sandman doesn't know what happens to him yet Mm, nobody else from those movies because there wasn't a third sam raimi spider there was a fourth one the what? There, there was, well, there was a third one, but there wasn't a fourth. Yeah, but no. you were just saying third. Oh, whatever. Uh, uh, but the point is, nobody is there to tell Sandman what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So the movie just glosses over. And, and no one's there to tell Dylan Baker either. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Dylan Baker. He's yeah. the one guy watching this movie that'll be like, fuck! <laughs> yeah, we were hoping they were going to cast Dylan Baker as the lizard in the movie. I know that they wouldn't because clearly they wanted one from each movie. But, I mean, that was the plan for Spider-Man 4. Like, they hinted at Dylan Baker as this as Kirk Connors. And, you know, that obviously never happened. I actually think, given the number of villains this movie has, 
I personally think they did a very good job. Yeah, them. I was afraid that like villains would just kind of like pop up for a few minutes, have their fight, and then yeah. kind of disappear. I was really afraid that it would just become sort of like a greatest hits thing. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's but, what I mean. But yeah, all of those, but all of those villains had a purpose for being there. They weren't. I, I like right now. I don't think anybody was superfluous. They all get their mo- their moment really. Well, and in particular, they, yeah. they have characters. They yeah, you and, know, they do stuff. And they, even and even the uh, you know and the thing I was a little bit concerned about uh, and. You know, because for anyone that's seen Spider-Man 2, you know, Doc Ock is like kind of like a grand tragic figure in those movies as like this guy who, you know, completely damns himself, uh, you know, and, and kills his wife. I'm guessing his wife is still dead when he gets back, though, into his universe. Well, <laughs> some things are beyond their control. That's true. But but he ends they up... They can't bring back everybody. No, I, I know, I know. Uh, but some... <laughs> nobody's ever really gone. <laughs> that's a star wars but yes, but no yeah. but but he but even he manages to get like i'm not i don't even know if arc is the word but he has yeah he has a purpose in the movie that he gets a redemption he gets a kind of redemption yeah and i mean part of that is through peter's parker's help but he isn't it i was just worried alfred molina would get to just throw around like you know one-liners and that would be it but no he gets a character to play he gets to have different things to play and willem dafoe gets a lot of characters willem dafoe is like one of my favorite parts of the movie it was so great to have him back and just have him just do his whole thing yeah. like oh, yeah. he was in it and it, 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 you know, i was no one... i was so happy with him in this movie yeah Chew that scenery, friend. <laughs> Chew it good. I love Willem Dafoe, and yeah, and and the and he in the way is like probably the real villain of the movie. Yes, I would say the real villain of the movie is maybe is the Peter Parker. Is Peter's own is Peter's own kind of villain in a way? No, like, Green Goblin is the, the villain of the movie. <laughs> no, I, I think I know. I, is the villain. <laughs> no, I would say Peter instigates the prop a lot of the problems in the movie. That is true, and he keeps exacerbating them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, cause the problem. We have a solution to the problem. No, I gotta make the problem worse first. Yeah. <laughs> this is the ultimate like. I gotta learn to stop being naive story. <laughs> yes. And, but yeah, I think they did a very good job balancing the villains, allotting a, pr- I also think the movie had a keen sense of the hierarchy of villains in terms of like what villains we want to see the most and which villains are kind of acceptable but not really interesting. Uh, Sandman gets to sit in the background for a while. Well, yeah. and Sandman is a cool special effect. Not a character, but a cool special effect. I mean, the lizard doesn't really contribute much either. They basically Mm. could have stopped at Doc Ock and Green Goblin because those are the ones that people care about and get stuff to do. I I would say having Electro is necessary just because, like, he has so much power inherent to him. (laughs) And it also gives Jamie Foxx a chance... To redeem his own performance from the last movie, you you gotta have somebody from every movie. I'm surprised that they got so many people. Like where it's just like you would have thought that like one of those people would have said no. I got a scheduling conflict well, or something. They and just that, gave him money. 
and then someone moved their boot a little bit farther across the desk with that bag of cash. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, I get what you mean, though. Like, you would think, yeah, that somebody like Jamie Foxx or even Reese Ephens would maybe look at those movies and be a little bit like, mm, What's eh. Thomas Hayden Church doing right now, guys? <laughs> no offense to him, but what is this? Yeah, I guess, the, I guess that show The Divorce is uh, not coming back. Yeah, defunct. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that maybe they realized that, I have to what maybe it was because of Endgame that they saw how big that was. I don't know. Sure. I actually think there's meta-commentary in the movie about how the Amazing Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man 2 suck and nobody likes them and they're yeah. like well, on the ash heap of... Well, every time they bring up, like, Electro, it's like... Wow, you know, it's amazing how you fell in that vat of eels. <laughs> That'll do it! I forget, how does Lizard become Lizard? He experiments on himself to lizardify him. Yeah. yeah. He says it's the next step in human evolution. Like, I didn't see the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies because even a trash panda has her limits. <laughs> so... Jack is the only one here who's actually seen them, right? He's seen. I've seen the first one. I didn't see the second one. I'm the only one that's seen Amazing Spider-Man Two. Well, I'm I'm here to tell you, newsflash, newsflash, <laughs> and J. Joe James, newsflash, everyone, Amazing Spider-Man Two, the pits. <laughs> you don't have to have seen them to follow. No, them. I mean, if you saw the trailer for Amazing Spider-Man Two, I mean, there's a part where Jamie Fox goes on a tear just in the trailer about spider-man and it's in the movie and i feel so embarrassed because it's like all right i guess i could see why you would have this in the trailer but now actually seeing it in the film it's like no <laughs> but uh but no it, that commentary is is quite good and then you know once that commentary gets extended further in the second half of the movie i liked it even more and i even got it almost, I almost felt a little emotional where they went with it at least once. Do you want to go into spoilers? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to really talk about the meat of this without All that. Right. But, but generally, I would say, you know, go see it. You know, this is another solid Spider-Man movie that delivers a lot of excellent, you know, fantastic action. Uh, it manages to do a Statue of Liberty sequence that, I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know if that's a spoiler. I didn't say what's happening at the Statue of Liberty. It's in the trailer. It's better than okay. Remo Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking of was, uh, that they use that in X-Men. So, okay. I don't know. So yeah, this movie, I really liked it. I really like all three of the Spider-Man MCU movies. I think they're all really good. This one is excellent. Oh. And it will do a very good job paying off emotionally the MCU Spider-Man trilogy and the callbacks to the other movies are good. And I wanted to add one more thing before I switch it off to you guys. Tom Holland, I think, is really fantastic in this movie, too. Yeah. Like, I think his performance is probably the best out from the three movies. And I don't know, it's just because, like, every... Every chance he finds, like, a moment to, like, kind of react to something. And even when he's making a decision, when Peter's making a decision, it's just like, oh, no, no, don't do that. Like, you believe what Tom Holland in that moment. I, well, 
I didn't notice Tom Holland that much. I mean, he's real. He's pretty good. Mm. I mean, I'm not. I'm never going to dispute that. I want to say really. How about how about just props to Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire for acting their asses uh, off. Now we've gone to spoilers. Italian Spider-Man. Della scuola normale. Semplice. Un nell'ombra. Resolvere questa cosa. E eh, ragazze, che belle melone. <ride> Rispetti le donne. Grazie, Italian Spider-Man. Shut your mouth, Pussycat, e farmi un macchiato. Pronto. Alright, so... Like, we're in the spoiler zone. Why don't you tell us what you didn't like about the movie? Like, why did you like it less than we did? Oh, I don't think that they really, like, earned a multiverse Spider-Man film at this point. Like, it felt, like, cheap that they would take the consequences of the last movie and just kind of smoosh them into a box and just be like, okay, we're going to do, bring out all the villains from old Spider-Man movies and have old Spider-Man come mm. in instead of developing the MCU Spider-Man world in and of itself and how it's different and its strengths and stuff. They're just like, oh, here's some other stuff that's just going to be slotted in and not be as good as Spider-Verse. And I just thought that it's kind of like a weak way to go about telling your story if you haven't, like, you know, there was... I just didn't like the concept, mm -hmm. and so they just went with that concept, and I was like, oh, man. So, I mean, it, it um, wasn't terrible. Like, I like seeing Melina well, and Defoe back, but... It, it, I mean, in in comparison to Into the Spider-Verse, no, Into the Spider-Verse is a like, little better, because there they just got weird. Yeah. Like, they that was a bit more unique, but for if they were going to go with this, I thought they did, like, a very good job, and I think... I actually think the purpose of having it this, you know, you, you think like, okay, we're going to develop the MC, this MCU Spider-Man. But to me, I feel like the whole thesis, thesis of the movie is I'm, I'm Peter Parker. I'm also Spider-Man. What the hell does that even mean? And all these other characters are, you know, forcing that question to like the front for him. And I think that by having all these other people who are looking at him like wait you're not peter oh but you are peter like it it puts it adds all of that pressure and then you know by the time you get to you know what happens to aunt may i feel like that makes it feel even more earned for me yeah, like because the first two movies are basically about like spider-man being in the shadow of iron man and you think like oh is he finally gonna get out of the shadow of iron man and be his own guy and this movie's like okay you're just gonna put him in the shadow of the two other cinematic spider-man uh, but I, is, I didn't see it like that. I, I feel like, though, I, I have no investment at all in any of the previous Spider-Man films. Yeah, you've only seen, like, one. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like... <sighs> like, yeah, I'm interested I, I in your take on it, Andrew, because like, you're coming into this To say that there's a shadow because... is like to say that the other films are half as good as these films. They're not. They're just like... They, they came out so long ago, and it's just... And, you know... A lot, you know, Spider Man Three was was panned. Spider not by us. Not by it's a, really good. Yeah, actually. 
when I say panned, it means more yeah. than just your opinions. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Amazing Spider-Man films are just considered mediocre at best. And by that, and it's like, you can really like Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, but then it's just like, you know, by then, it's just like, who who cares? It's like older people, like you guys. I know you're younger <laughs> than me. But the, but the whole thing is just like, well, I don't, I, I don't feel like that there. Like, I don't feel like, uh, what's his name? Who's plays Spider-Man? Tom Holland. Yeah. Is in the shadow of anybody. He's doing a way better job than these guys did, even though... Mm, even though you haven't you know. seen the movies with the other guys, really. See, what's funny, though, is that that's another thing that I liked about this movie, is that I actually think even... because I'm, Now, it's different for you, again, because you haven't seen the other ones. For me, I actually thought Andrew Garfield was better in this movie than he was in his own movie. Well, you could do that, because it's just like... Acting is so much about what director you're working for, what kind of script you got. Yeah, and he you has. Can, well, that's the thing. I you think can play he has, that, Yeah, he, you can play that same character and just do it with those two different things. And it's like, so of course they do better in this. Mm-hmm. I thought Andrew Garfield was delightful in this movie. I yes. really, really liked him, and I've seen exactly one scene of his performance. <laughs> And Did you the, see him doing, like, skateboarding? Was that when you walked in? I don't remember, but I saw one scene. It was him doing, like, an action scene, and he was doing, like, running narration, and I was instantly repelled. And I turned to you, and I was like, this guy is smarmy. I don't like him. I don't like these movies. I'm not going to watch them. And I feel like the way they introduce that meta element about how, like, nobody likes his Spider-Man movies is that he's kind of down on himself. Yeah. And the other characters have to, like, pep talk him. And well, also, too, when by the time they come to the movie, it's when, you know, the the metaphorical chickens have come home to roost for, for, Pete, for Tom Holland, Peter, because, I mean, his actions have caused, like, the person he cares about the most to be killed. Yeah. And, you know, it also, that part, the one thing that made me, that was a little bit weird about that moment was... I mistakenly thought, even though they never mentioned him, I thought, like, Uncle Ben did die in this Spider-Man universe. It's just they never talked about him. He's probably dead. I mean, he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, but I I thought they just left that out because they, you know, who wants to see Uncle Ben die again? Well, the other thing, too, is Spider-Man gets introduced during, you know, Civil War, which is already a very busy film. Yeah, no, no, and that's that's great. That's that's totally fine. And they imply it, but... The absence really becomes a strength where it's just like, what what do we know about Uncle Ben in this universe? It's like, well, we know nothing. And so we can take a lot of that, we can put it on Aunt May and not even address it. There's so many things that you don't have to address in this film. Yeah. And they can just be swept away because they're replaced by other things that are equally important. Yeah. Mm. But it's weird, though, that Spider-Man had to go through like, like six or seven appearances before he got to like the great power and great responsibility part of his... like characters thesis that is a that that's the one thing like that part made me go like huh when aunt may gives him that line like i i don't know how i feel about that. but it throws into relief everything else because in the first two movies because they never say that Mm. they never say those lines in but they don't don't have to say no they never say in any of the avengers films they never say in you know in homecoming or far from home and so when you hear it it's like Oh yeah, that line exists. They didn't lean on it at all. Hmm. It's you were surprised that it wasn't there the whole yeah. time. 
And the first time you're hearing it is by the third film, which is quite remarkable. It, it is, it's a choice. I'll, yes, I'll give it's it that. It's, it's a, you know, and it comes at a moment that is still for, I mean, it was, and it kind of surprised me how it was emotional for me because, and it's funny because Corin, you've, you've, we you know, we've talked about this, that the one issue in those first two Spider-Man movies is Aunt May is kind of underutilized. Yeah. And like, yet she, it still worked here when she dies. Like I still felt like a little like lump in my throat. Yeah. yeah, well, because what what I said when we reviewed the Raimi Spider-Man movies is Tony Stark in this Spider-Man kind of fills the role, I think, that Aunt May fills in the Raimi trilogy. That kind of... Which makes sense because the, the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy is an independent trilogy. The MCU Spider-Man trilogy is interconnected. It's into, like, a nesting doll. <laughs> of trilogies so to like the point you made matt um it doesn't really bother me that the multiverse isn't really justified in universe in like prior spider-man movies because it's been addressed enough in like other mcu properties like that have set I it up i don't mind that multiverse being in existence i just wanted the mcu to do its own thing and tell its own story and complete that without leaning on previous iterations of spider-man to fill in some gaps I mean, but the timing outside of the narrative is what makes the most difference here i mean we're talking about a time when sony and disney are sharing this whole spider-man thing toby mcguire and andrew garfield are probably in the only position right now where they would say yes yeah. and you can get all those other people i mean you could joke that all you have to do is push the bag of money yeah. forward <laughs> but you know there's a window for oh that. no no this is and that's probably it like I mean, let, let's, be, let's be practical about this you know i don't think if we had waited another year or another movie we would be in this exact position yeah and I, well, I mean, this is yeah. not about the movie itself this is more about where marvel movies are but it's yeah. just like you know i understand it's like you can do more without it but we got to make this film now and I i'm glad that we made this they made this film now so we could have it because and I ultimately, think it's a really and ultimately i wonder if one. like the i think the very end i think helped to justify a lot of what came before because ultimately peter parker comes to this decision of the tom holland one i mean and it's like no you know what I, I screwed up before everyone needs to forget about me. And this is like the hardest choice I have to make. I have to start total ground zero or square, square one. I'm probably messing up my metaphors. <laughs> so I'm, I'm tired. Is it ground zero the same as square one? We got to yeah. start in the kitchen. <laughs> we got to make that new breakfast. Um, but yeah, like by the end, he just, you know, everything's gone, and the only thing now he has is Spider-Man. And I feel like everything that he's had in this movie, it's kind of serving what he, what growth he needs to go through. So ultimately, I think for this character, I think the multiverse does serve kind of a purpose for him. I mean, it is gimmicky, but I was fine because I liked what came from the gimmick, if that makes sense. The gimmick worked, and it worked really well. I like the three Spider-Man bantering together. I thought that yes. worked really well. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I didn't mind that the movie slowed it down for that to happen. I'm glad it did. Yes, it was good. I mean, like, you know, you're at the end of the second act. Everything's gone wrong. But finally, 
you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield show up and you're just like, ooh, let's see more of those guys. It's a bit of a pacing, like, it's a weird bit of pacing, but it's like you've got to uh, you've got to load all those guys into the narrative. Yeah, well, and again, they come at the moment when uh, Holland Peter is, like, at his most vulnerable and he needs to kind of realize, like... Holland Peter is the Dutch Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Get it right. Uh, he has all of his uh, windmills. Uh, but, yeah, and then they kind of help to give him folk, you know, perspective of here's what, you know, this happened to my Uncle Ben, this happened to Gwen, Stacy, you know. You're not alone. You know, every time Peter Parker exists, things fuck up for him terribly, and he lets people die. <laughs> and I love that about the character. Like, I just... You know, I, I love that, that these, well, at least a good number of these movies get the character right. And if that, you know, it, it's it's a weird thing because I think you make a little bit of a point, Matt, in that, again, I made the comment that this feels like a TV reunion special. But it's, but again, it, it because I believe the what the actors are bringing to it and I believe the writing that they had to work with really well. And the action was really pretty strong, too. Like, I didn't mind that. Yeah, I think, Matt, I kind of agree with you in theory. Because you could look at this movie and say, this is the personification of everything that's wrong with Hollywood right now. And how Hollywood is nothing but IP. And there's nothing original. The snake eats its tail. Like, in theory, I agree kind of with the core of your critique. But I can't deny, like, how much I enjoyed it in practice. Like, I can't deny when I was watching the movie, I was like, giant corporation that's totally devoured cinema. You are manipulating me so effectively over it's, this uh, two and a half hour time span. It's, it's decadence, but it's marvelous decadence. Ah. A marvelous decadence. I see what you did there. Good. Yeah. <laughs> the effect is amazing. But, but yeah, I really liked all the Spider-Man banter, and even Spider. Ah, is there an actual spider? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Do you see a spider? I don't know. There's a lot of things on the coffee table. <laughs> For the record, Corey is intensely afraid of spiders, um, which is apt for to bring up in this. But I, to me, I'm not surprised that I enjoyed like the Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man, because I really enjoy the Sam Raimi movies. So that was not a surprise for me. What was a surprise was how I was immediately charmed by the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And within uh -huh. a pretty short yeah. period of time, I really connected to him. And the moment when he saves MJ like he couldn't save Gwen Stacy and he has a moment with her, I was really touched by this character who I've known for four minutes and whose movies I spurned. <laughs> I think that's the real strength of this, where you can watch this film without having seen any of the other Spider-Man movies, but it can make you want to watch those movies and you can get something from them, yes. whether they're good or not. Which is all to say, Andrew, you need to watch Spider-Man 2, Ace. I don't need to do a goddamn thing. <laughs> you don't need to, but you might want to. Another thing Sorry. I want to Fair say enough. about this movie, and this really goes for all the Spider-Man MCU movies. When I was re-watching the first movie earlier today, I texted you at work, Jack, and I said, 
this movie, meaning Homecoming, has such big, cute energy. And mm-hmm. I really like, in all three of these Spider-Man movies, just how, like, cute the teens are. You you mean, so I mean? you mean, like, with Ned and, and Flash Thompson? Yeah, like, I really like the Ned-MJ-Spider-Man well, relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why the ending of this movie land so strongly emotionally is because of how good a job they did in all three movies building up these relationships. I was a little unsure why the logistics of the spell worked the way they did at the end of the movie because in the beginning of the movie in the beginning of the movie Peter Parker doesn't want his friends to forget him completely. He just wants to forget he just wants them to forget that he's Spider-Man. Um, or that's what he's worried about. He's worried they're gonna forget that he's Spider-Man. Not that they're gonna forget who he is entirely. So, I don't know if any of you thought this. I was a little unsure about the logistics of the spell when we get to, like, the big conclusion. Let's, let's, let's go over it from the beginning. Because Doctor Strange says, I'm gonna cast a spell that will make everybody forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so Peter Parker starts adding all these people into the spell as exceptions. He keeps he adding adds... on claw. He kept on clauses, right? <laughs> so what I think happens is that as he's adding more, he makes the spell more and more unstable. And by the time he reaches the end, the spell is no longer a spell that will keep that will make people forget who Spider Man is. It is just a sort of just crappy broken spell that will that will spread across different universes and cause bad effects to happen it's a different spell at the end though but at the end yeah. he says okay i want everybody to forget peter parker well, well i think well the thing is he the the, cr- the cracks in the multiverse have happened and people are starting to come in because they know because they peter know parker. that peter parker is spider-man that's why they're coming but if everybody forgets peter parker then they won't come. Oh, okay. it's a uh, so it's a bit convoluted, but it is movie magic. Yeah, but then so he, I think yeah. so. It wor- so it works by its own rules, but it is a bit yeah, but it, and that's a bit wonky. And at the same time, he's still but he's still Spider Man in his own world. Sure, it's just that not only does nobody remember that Peter Parker is Spider Man, no one remembers Peter Parker. Which is like a really shitty ending for him, and it opens up the whole can of worms about I, his existence. Don't the worry, they'll explain it see, away in I, the first act of the next movie. See, there's a part of me that's really excited about that because, like, uh, well, one thing it's both. I almost thought at, this might be like the last of the Holland movies, and there's a part of me that almost wishes it was. It's but a high note, but it is. But I. Ne- but now I know kid. that we are getting. They they confirmed that there that there's going to be more. Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. And I'm very curious, like, they could go anywhere with it. Like, they don't have to... Well, in theory, I mean, I'm sure they could bring in other characters from the comics. I mean, I don't know... But, but that's, that's a whole. I, that that's for another day. But that's why I, I what I why what I said about the the uh, end credit sequence from Spider Man Homecoming is good because it's like nobody knows who Peter Parker is, so Adrian Toomes doesn't know who he is either. In a, yeah. So in other words, we could still have Scorpion. Michael Keaton does not know any longer that Spider Man oh. is Peter Parker, or even who Peter Parker. 
Parker is. Interesting. I so that's tied that up that too. that's tied up that loose thread. It's gone. Hmm. More Michael Keaton as Vulture. Okay. Well, I mean, he's going to be in Morbius for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he actually playing? He, he yes, the Vulture? he was in the trailer. Well, I don't know if he. I, I didn't he could know just... he was playing the Vulture. I thought it was just Michael <laughs> Keaton being a guy. <laughs> Why would they do that? No, of course he's. <laughs> well, he, well, the way that he says to him, like, "Hey, man, we gotta talk soon." Like he's talking to him as like a villain. I'm not emotionally invested in the Morbius trailer. I just <laughs> I don't think anybody is. But that's not the point. But like it I but what you say, Andrew, is interesting. Yeah, what possibilities this could lead as far as it's characters kind of a, that are it's still kind of in the give world. Spider Man a fresh start where they don't have any of like basically all of the character attachments are gone. And, you know, well <laughs> although the one thing is does he he still has like the iron spider suit, right? No, he doesn't. He makes oh, a new suit at the end. Yeah, you see him oh, stitching it up. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, and now he's a double orphan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel your regular family dies, and then your forced foster family dies. That's pretty. I... That's pretty hardcore. Yep. I feel like the logistics of the spell again. I don't think they really hold up to logical scrutiny because I well, was thinking magic that... isn't supposed to hold up to logical. Well, I was scrutiny. thinking, for instance. If no one knows who Peter Parker is, for instance, Ned, his longtime best friend, if you completely cut, like, Peter Parker out of his life, Ned could be a totally different person. Theoretically. Yeah, but now I'm wondering, like, how does that affect, like, official records of Peter Parker? Do they still exist, or do they blanked out? No, they probably exist because he has, like, a probably a social security card. <laughs> but does he, though? No, does the he, spell is like... just everybody forgets Peter Parker. The guy who works in the IRS doesn't have a personal memory of you. Well, also, too... Hospital he, birth, well, birth records are not memories. And Peter Parker is such a common name, too. <laughs> I have never met a Peter Parker in real life. I'm sure that Peter Parkers exist in the I know, as far as I am, As far as I am concerned, there are more Jacks in the world than there are Peter Parkers. Yeah, but see, if the, the things that are not actual human memories exist, then he could still go to high school and say, like, look, I'm in the yearbook. These are my transcripts. Yeah. I exist. Yeah, that's, like, a, I, that's a weird moment. Sure, when but like, that doesn't mean they remember him and have well, fond memories That's another of thing so, I wonder. Yeah, like, they show him near the end, like, filling out, like, he has, like, a GED form. He's so he's not in high school anymore, no, right? No, he's gonna take GED instead of going to college. I guess. Uh, well, well, no, but that implies no, that he college can't. Is not no, GED implies that he isn't in high school. Yeah, he dropped out. Yeah. So I mean, was that? I know we're reading a lot into this, but like, no, this is worth talking about. Yeah, but like, so what I mean is, did he just? Did he? I thought for a moment he like was doing a GED because the school didn't have his records anymore, and so he like nobody remembered they went to high school. Maybe on an unrelated note, no, he has just dropped out of high school. <laughs> But yeah, it does make you wonder, does the spell mean that he has no legal personhood whatsoever, or is it just nobody has personal memories of no, him? No, I, I contend that he still has documentation, but no person in the multiverse has personal memory of Peter Parker. He's a Spider-Man without a country, I say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's obvious they were going for kind of maximum heartstring pulls, and my heartstrings, they were pulled, because the entire trilogy does such a good job 
making you really care about Peter Parker, even though he makes some pretty colossal mistakes. Yeah, he really does. I mean, that's the thing in this movie is that he he has to go down so far before he can come up again and then go down again. Sure. I mean, his problems are of his own making. Which is what I, you know, in terms of that, I feel like it works as a Spider-Man movie. Sure. And I, I, I want just a good Spider-Man movie. Actually, I think before I before even like all the MCU stuff. Even though like I like Doctor Strange in this, despite although he does. I don't know, do you think he does questionable things here? Uh, he starts off questionable, but then he gets responsible, and yeah. then somehow Spider-Man is able to kick his ass because Through he's math. a character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he manages to keep him suspended at the Grand Canyon. And nobody sees Doctor Strange, and it's like, oh, he's hey, the, you helped save the world. Let's get you down. He's in the mirror dimension. Yeah, I know. I'm just, just making a joke. I like Doctor Strange as long as he's not sharing a scene with Tony Stark, which is not going to be a problem going forward. So, yeah. I, I think that Doctor Strange, I mean, Doctor Strange, uh, his character seems to still at heart be somewhat arrogant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is good. I think, but I think in the end, it's like, the important thing that you have to remember is that he and Peter fought against Thanos basically side by side during the, during Avengers. Uh, not, well, Infinity War, Infinity War. And, yeah, as well. And it's just like, you know, the, and he knows that the, he knows that the kid is in trouble and he's just like, ah, you know, what can I do? And he's like, oh, I have this thing. I can't go back in time, but I can make people forget you. And that will do, be just as good. And so, and he, and he tries to cut him a break. Peter messes it up because, first of all, uh, Doctor Strange does not tell him exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, that probably communication would have been a little better. And, like, all Peter had to do was just be like, okay, I want I want people to forget that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Except, da-da-da-da-da. If he said that at the start, maybe he wouldn't have been so annoyed. Maybe, yes. I know he wouldn't have had a movie, but... Yeah. Or he could just wait for the spell and then gone to them individually and said, Hey, I'm also Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah but, you know, that's the but thing. But that's the part where now it's like, well, Peter has to... Peter thinks that he can't grow, go through all these things to just go through the experience of telling his, his loved ones about being Spider-Man. He doesn't want to go through all that. He wants to... You know, to it, to coin a phrase, have his cake and eat it too. You know, in this, in a way, this movie does like the the snap better than Infinity War did. What do you mean? I don't know. With like how Peter Parker just with like one flick of the wrist, like manages to change like everything. I love this point that you just made because, as you know, because, and it actually works more emotionally as well. I'm I mean. not a big Infinity War fan, and the conclusion of Infinity War total dud to me because I was like, this has no stakes, this sucks. No, I don't really like Infinity War, but because this movie is about emotional stakes, it works a lot better. And yeah, when everyone loses their memories of Peter. It is, in a way, trying to replicate what Infinity War tried to do and failed, in my opinion. I love this comparison. Um, I'm glad you found it. I mean, I might need to work on it a little bit, but it just kind of occurred to me. Well, they're at the Statue of Liberty at the end, and the spell goes through, 
and he's unmasked, why does Spider-Man just run away instead of introducing himself to Ned and NJ and Doctor Strange there? Because that would have been really awkward. I think, I think also, Peter feels a lot of guilt about whether or not knowing him has been bad. Yeah, yeah. For Ned and MJ, and I know he says to them, like, I'm gonna find you, and I'm gonna, like, help you get your memories back. So he communicates to them that he wants a relationship with them after this. But I also feel like he has a lot of guilt about potentially damaging them through association with him. Which is why we get that scene, like, at the end with the coffee shop, where he sees they're going to MIT, and he's like, they're happy. So he's doing that kind of irritating superhero thing, where he's like, no, I will separate myself yeah, from you that, that, for that your was, own good. Yeah, that was a little bit, like, I didn't quite buy that, but I know why they did it. I, I, I kind of do. It might have been more realistic, it might have been more satisfying in a way if, like, they just left it at, like, just like them having a conversation and they pull out from that, but I, I know they couldn't quite do that. Eh. Eh. I have to say, we'll though. We'll see how many more movies in Um, Congratulations. The MCU has finally spawned a romance I actually like. There you it go. took them how many franchises and how many movies. It's interesting. You're point. not into Doctor Strange and Rachel McAdams? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually, I'm or not whoever counting, the hell the Hulk is in love with. <laughs> I'm not oh, counting God. the TV shows in this because I think WandaVision does a good job with Wanda and Vision, and I kind of like the romance in Loki. So I'm only covering the movies here, but I love the romance between the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, oh I have a, qu I <laughs> have a question. That might have just been in my head. Matt, what did you make of that post-credit scene with Venom? That Venom. he's just there because it's a tie into the Venom movies. And well, I know that, but like, but then he like gets, like he floats away, like in that in from yeah. the bar. Wait a minute, it hold up, a hold bit up. Of a symbiote we gotta we gotta bring this up now. Why is Venom there? Does he know that Peter well, Parker is Spider Man? Well, no, because it, that's I, how you get to this universe. This is this is a thing from the end of. A guy feels uh, yeah in the post credit scene in Venom Let There Be Carnage, Venom turns on the TV and sees Peter Parker is Spider Man. Oh, so cool. that's in the post credit scene of Venom Let There Be Carnage. What I didn't understand about like this post credit scene was in what way was it moving the ball forward? That's what I didn't get. Yeah, me, oh, it's it not. Seemed like a I was there just for laughs. I like the fact that Tom Hardy was just hanging out in a bar because he didn't know where he was. And then when he finally decides to do something, Spider-Man has already solved the problem and he goes back and like, wait, wait, hold on. I, I want to be in this movie too. Yeah, it just seemed like kind of a reiteration of the post-credit scene in Venom Let There Be Carnage. Yeah, but that's but that's why I was wondering though. I thought that like, it, it yeah, if that takes place when he finds out that he's Spider-Man, but then I thought he was getting transported in that moment where the multiverse opens up. Yeah. But then, why does that matter, though? Like, that's over. 
Yeah. It was just meant to be for laughs. They, I uh, guess. They left the piece of the Venom symbiote in the MCU verse, so I guess... I guess that was the it. thing. Yeah, there's a little tiny symbiote left at the bar. Well, it's a good thing to know that if I ever go to another universe, my toenail clippings will remain. <laughs> okay, so I guess the significance is we've had the symbiote in, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man universe. We've had the symbiote in the Venom universe. We've got... So now there'll be a Venom in the Tom Holland spider Yeah, but I assume it's going to be the same Venom as from the Venom movies. God, I, I, there's a part of me, though, that's just like, Venom versus Spider-Man in this world, it's just going to seem like, it's going to be so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Tom Holland taken over by the symbiote, because he's so unaggressive. Uh-huh. Like, he, when he fights, he, he's fighting... But he gets he's a like, little aggressive in this in this A movie. little, but not much. Well, like, and that well, when he's beaten the ever loving crap out of Green Goblin. That's different though. Where it's just like uh, I, don't I guess know. that's anger, yeah. <laughs> they fridged his aunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking Peter Parker, like, he's had a very rough go of it. Because obviously his parents are dead off screen. Uncle Ben is dead and never mentioned. Um, Aunt May bites it in this one. His, Tony Stark is Yeah, dead. his surrogate father, Tony Stark, gone. Nobody knows who he is now. He's... The poor guy has really had it rough. Even... I think he's had it rougher even than the other Spider-Men. Huh. Um, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yes. And it is. But... Yeah, I actually... The scope of his suffering is much more, is much greater than the suffering that Tobey Maguire went through. I also thought it was kind of interesting, comparing it to the Raimi movie. In the Raimi movie, the... He kind of reaches peak angst in the second movie. And then the third movie is him trying to move past that. Where in this movie, in this series, I think like, Spider-Man reaches peak angst in the third one. So I thought that yeah. was kind of an interesting... Like, that's why I think I, that's why I think I like this a little bit more than two, because in two, as much as I love everything with Mysterio and what that means, you know, for, for consequence-wise for Spider-Man, a lot of the stuff with him and the other characters, it just felt a little bit more light. And that's not necessarily a terrible thing, but it just, it kind of leaves it as somewhat minor in the in the scheme of things. But I also feel like those wacky hijinks are important because that's how you develop affection for the characters so you actually care when, yeah. like, they're in pain. Yes. I feel like one that's thing true. this series did a good job doing was making the characters lovable enough that you actually, like, feel for them. And then inflicting pain at just the right amounts. Yes. Like some kind of mad scientist. Like, this series, I just think, is a master class in, like, successful emotional manipulation. Yeah. Um, With some good uh, Will Defoe quips. Yes. <laughs> being able to reverse engineer cures for all your supervillains in a high school science lab. <laughs> it's gotta happen somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the, the turn he takes and, like, nobody reads him at all until, like, that, there's, but then suddenly there's a moment where Peter's like, oh, fuck, and everything goes very slow motion. I really love that scene, because, like, 
Oh, something's about to happen. Oh, he screwed up. Yeah, my, as much as I really like this movie, I do, my kind of like one criticism of kind of the premise is I think the movie leaned too hard into if we cure your physical maladies, we will also fix the personality defects that made you a villain in the first place. And no, that's not how it works. I don't know. I mean, Doc Ock goes crazy because his mechanical arms are controlling his brain. You yeah, fix that problem. In that okay. case, for Doc Ock, that I I get. Like the yeah. other characters, I, works, I, I don't know. It works for Doc Ock, but Norman Osborn was a bad person even before he was Green Goblin. Um, he was an Sand- egomaniac. Sandman murdered someone before he was. But but Corey, it was an accident. Yeah, he's you got know. a sick daughter that makes it okay. <laughs> he's doing everything for his daughter. <laughs> so, but you can't say that these people aren't better because the problems have been fixed. I mean, it's just like at least they're no longer dangerous supervillains. Yeah, like I understand the point that curing them depowers them and makes them like easier to manage, but I'm not sure if I buy into this idea that they could be. All of them could be wholesome, productive members of society afterwards. Well, Doc Ock, that. yes. I don't really buy the other ones, though. I think once he goes back to his universe, Norman Osborn is still Breaking Bad. But it still then screws up the continuity of everything, because if they cure him of his goblinness, then he doesn't like need to get impaled on a glider, and then his son doesn't go crazy, and then he doesn't set up a whole chain of events. With but I think the thing we also have to remember is that, like, if you think about, like, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, he regrets all of those people. Di- they both regret all those people dying. They regret dying, but then... That and they blame it themselves. Changes their past so that there creates a time paradox with them being in the film. And and the and, maybe, you know, and what makes maybe not. And what makes this even more complicated is that Sam Raimi is going to be directing Doctor <laughs> Strange too. What does he think of all this? Sam Raimi, whatever. So yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that these supervillains won't go back to their own realities and just become supervillains again. Yeah. Because I feel... uh, I'm speculating about Electro and the Lizard because I didn't see those movies. But when I watched, like, Spider-Man 1, I was thoroughly convinced that, like, Norman Osborn was a bad person pre-Green Goblin. He was not, like, a good person... So, so what you're saying is, Corey, just because they were fixed temporarily, that doesn't mean they won't go back to being, like, total bastards. Yeah, and I understand oh. that, like, maybe you don't kill them because they've been depowered, but I'm not convinced that there's still not going to be a problem going Well, forward. and maybe that's something every audience I, member can think about. The, the people, people make their own decisions. And, you know, the best you can do is just sort of equip them to make the best decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm helping, fixing certain things that is, it's more likely to help them than it is to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And right. they'll be alive. <laughs> you can't reverse death. But it also... And it's better to be alive than to be dead. But Sandman was immortal in his sand form, and now he's been reverted back into a human who's going to die. Do you think he wants to be a sand guy, though? 
doesn't matter. <laughs> I also think, though, it undermines yeah. your villain arcs if you advance the idea that these men were villains solely because of their various pratfalls and catastrophes. Because, no. Like, they're various, you know, electric eels, their various experiments, their weird electrocutions or whatever. That might have been, like, the final thing that pushed them into villainy. But I kind of don't like the idea of the accident that made you a villain, that's the, like, one cause uh, of your villainy. So if you remove uh, the accident and the powers, you remove the villainy. Where I, I'd like to think that most villains have, like, are more complex psychologically than that. Are the villains in the Sam Raimi Spider movies morally and psychologically complex? Yes. Yeah. They yeah. are. I will not countenance your slander of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. <laughs> um, yes. But I've seen Spider-Man 1. Norman Osborn is constantly trying, is constantly arguing with himself. When he's not being Green Goblin, and Green Goblin is talking to him, he looks like he is suffering. Mm. So, why wouldn't you want to cure that? Well, I guess the thought then is, if this, if he's now cured of, like, the experiment... Cured that, of being insane. Yeah, cured of being insane. Like, does he do that again, though? Does he still reach so far that he curses himself into villainy? I think very possible. Well, but it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, ultimately. Also, though, the other thing, too, that's weird, though, of course, is how much... In these universes where these characters die, the actors have aged a little bit. I thought they looked pretty good, though. No, I'm, I'm yeah. joking. Except they, they took away Doc Hawk's bare chest, and they extended his tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish he had been toppled again, too. Yeah. That, that sex god, Alpha Molina. Damn right. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> missed them octo-titties. <laughs> I think Listen, the, CGI can only go so far. Yes. I think on the Octo Titties remark, I think we should start around this. Yeah, oh, it's one, not oh, getting better than that. Oh, one more thing that was kind of fun for me was uh, Charlie Day back as Daredevil. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Charlie Cox. Yeah, Charlie. I think Charlie Day. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Somewhere Charlie Day is in that. Meme from It's Always Sunny Philadelphia with his like board of crazy and he's trying to work out the multiverse. I love how how Daredevil catches the brick that's thrown through the window yeah. and he's like, How did you do that? It's like, I'm a very good, good lawyer. <laughs> yes. And then out of the movie, he's done. Yes. I enjoyed his cameo. It was a great little taste. I liked um, now you guys, when I say you guys, I mean Jack and Matt, not Andrew. You well, guys, like, dabbled more in the Netflix MCU shows than I did. The only one I watched was Daredevil. But I like Daredevil. I'm glad he's back. Um, he's not the most important one to be back. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Tell the people I'm sorry, that's... Ben Affleck was not available. <laughs> Oh man, you know we we missed out on a universe where ha John Favreau's happy meets John Favreau's froggy. Yeah, that's so sad. I, any of you who've been watching Hawkeye know what I'm about to say. I have just been like, 
a puddle of goo for like two weeks because yeah. Kingpin's back, baby! He's back! <laughs> I'm so happy. Over the last few weeks, I did an incredibly targeted Daredevil rewatch where I literally watched every scene with Wilson Fisk but didn't watch any of the other show just to prepare myself. So I have literally watched every Wilson Fisk scene over three seasons of television all to culminate in a photo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. I don't, I am probably the biggest kingpin stan like on the planet. You like my bald head. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew has no idea. He looks so I think we better wrap it up. All right, guys. So, we did peak with Octo Titties. So, 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 yeah. So, that's No Way Home. Uh, uh, I think we all, to more or less degrees, kind of enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully, you guys have some thoughts on it. Please share them with us if you have them at wagesofcinema gmail.com or leave us a comment in our uh, social medias. You could even leave a podcast on this very episode if you're listening on SoundCloud uh, or leave us a review. Uh, we always like that. Um, when we come back, we'll probably not have a review of another Spider-Man unless they come up with another one soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much wraps it up for us. Once I think we- we'll be reviewing Dune 2 before we do another one. <laughs> yes, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like if anybody's going to topple Wilson Fisk, it's going to be Baron Harkonnen. Yes. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, I will be writing a, a lengthy complaint on my blog, yes. mattthecatania.wordpress.com. Yes, follow Matt Catania on mattthecatania.wordpress.com. I was going to get to that and follow him and all his social medias. Your Twitter is especially rocking, Matt. Thank I you, I quite enjoy that. So... And you should follow me there. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. So, ha- Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, all the holidays we set at the start. Till next time, I'm Jack. Trash Panda Corey. I'm Andrew. And I'm Matt the Thwip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make I'm going to do. No, no, it's. Yeah, I'm going to Thwip. Oh, Thwip. All right. Oh, I love the tall. I love the, like, banter about, like, the web shooters versus the arcade. Yes. It was awesome. The wages of cinema is... Oh, can you do it in your kingpin voice? The wages of cinema <laughs> is death Hug. to Spider-Man! <laughs> Alright, good night. We tampered with the stability of space-time. The multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. The problem is you trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. Be careful what you wish for, Parker. Hello, Peter.